Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, your host, and I am back with another wonderful guest. I have been so privileged to have so many incredible people on this show over the past weeks, months. If you haven't had a chance to listen to some of those, I invite you to go back and tune into something that catches your attention or or sparks your interest in some way, because it may be just the thing you need to hear today. And of course, because you're listening to this one, I know, I trust, it is absolutely the thing you are meant to hear today, something we are about to share, something that we are about to be inspired to talk about is meant for you in some way. So let this be a source of inspiration for you. Let it guide you. Let it serve you however it is meant to do that. And so my guest today is an incredible woman who I have had the pleasure of now connecting with already once before, where she was gracious enough to have me join her on her virtual book club and her virtual book club on Facebook. And I got to talk with her. She asked some really powerful questions about um, my book that I wrote. And then of course, just what it means to uh, be a creator and, and be in this world and sharing our message, et cetera. So she's such a gift and such a light, and she's doing some incredible work for many women out there. And I'm really pleased to introduce you to her today. My guest today is Elizabeth Goodrice who is a coach who specializes in helping women heal their relationship with food and fall in love with their bodies. Her coaching integrates practical knowledge of fitness and nutrition with the mindset work needed to achieve true food freedom and deep happiness. She spent years overcoming binge eating and developing the process and tools she now guides others in using to overcome emotional eating and food addiction. She is also passionate about helping women cope through the harrowing experience of infertility and about helping people with chronic conditions see that fitness is for everyone and they can find an exercise and self-care routine that works for them and their specific needs and challenges. So Elizabeth, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. I find that these conversations are always full of surprises and insight and wisdom and such good stuff for those listening and even for each of us because we are not immune to the um, benefits of receiving what it is that we are about to share today. When Elizabeth and I met and we chatted a little bit ahead of time about this show, she shared with me a few things. Obviously, her bio is quite remarkable, and she's got all of this passion around supporting women, love their bodies, have a healthy relationship with food and self-care and, and, and exercise and, and health and wellness. And she shared something with me that really stood out and grabbed my attention. And that's what I really want to focus today's conversation on. She talks about the creative process and what is that? And then even from there, how sometimes our own perfectionism and our own ways of seeing ourselves could potentially impact that creative process. And so I love to start each episode off reading a passage from a book that has served as inspiration for me on my journey. And I do this for a few reasons, but one is first to introduce you to texts that I have read and 
been influenced by along the way in case they spark some inspiration in you. Also, because I think it's important to receive messages of truth or wisdom and insights and then use that as a, a springboard for our conversation together and to see what in this passage, what in this writing and these words resonates with my guest, Elizabeth, today, and then um, how that all fits into what it is that she stands for and um, who she is as an individual. So I'm going to read a short passage from a book called The Impersonal Life. And as I read it, if you can, close your eyes, let these words impact you. So the, the quote, the passage from The Impersonal Life is this. To think is to create. A thinker is a creator. So it is that everything, every condition, every event that ever transpired was first an idea in the mind. It was by desiring, by thinking, and by speaking forth the word that these ideas came into visible manifestation. When you once know how to think, you can create at will anything you wish, whether it be a new personality, a new environment, or a new world. So Elizabeth, as you hear those words, to think is to create, and once we know how to think, we can essentially create anything. What does that mean to you? Or what did that bring up in you as you heard that? Well, it really actually reminded me of one of the themes um, from your book that I love, but the idea of trusting yourself, you know, it's something that I've been working on that's been coming up in a lot of different ways in my life and in my work. And um, in the last six months or so, I keep running across this idea that what whatever that thing is, it makes you feel like you don't fit in, it makes you feel like you're weird is actually what sets you apart. And maybe that seems obvious, but um, I think about it in the way of, you know, the, the kids being bullied in the school lunchroom and being made fun of. And um, we start to feel like we have to hide these things that set us apart, right? Um, and that we have to make ourselves like everyone else. And then we get in that habit and we dim our own light. And so, um I sort of feel like um, my entire professional career and also personal growth process has been a process of unlearning that and getting comfortable with what sets me apart. Um, so, you know, it makes it sound so simple to think is to create, but it takes courage to really trust that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And to not just dismiss it, oh, like this is these weird stories and thoughts that are in my head that to really believe that these are ideas that should be shared and that people need to hear um, does not just come automatically. At least it hasn't for me. So that's, that's what was running through my head as I was listening. Beautiful. And Elizabeth, what I really love is that you, you, you felt into this to think is to create and what you got and what you heard and what you received and now what you're sharing with us, which I think is so powerful is that it all goes down it all boils down to trust meaning i got chills in my on my body when you said that because all of a sudden i was seeing this connection of 
if we don't trust ourselves, right, which probably because of what you just said, we've been raised or conditioned to believe that who we are uh, isn't enough. It, it's, you know, we're, we're too quirky. We need to dim our light. We need to modify ourselves to be more like others, et cetera, et cetera. So after all of that uh, conditioning and programming and, and false belief systems that have been ingrained in us, I love that you say you have to unlearn that because ultimately that has developed in us a lack of trust, trusting ourselves. If we can't trust ourselves, how in the world are we going to create anything? And again, create is such a, such a big word for so many things, which I think we'll, I'd like to explore a little bit more with you. But I love that you're pointing it back to trust. Because what I'm curious about is as you have, as you look at creation, creating things, um, again, whether or not that's the creative process of something in your professional world, if it's something, I know you're a writer in terms of creating something in the creative space, like writing, creating a healthy body, right? Mm. Um, all of these things that you're doing, how do you see this idea of not trusting ourselves impacting that or playing a part in that? This is such a big question and it's really just a pivotal question for, I guess, I, I feel like it's a pivotal question for the success of my business. Honestly, when I, um, when we spoke before, I had shared with you that something I really have struggled with as a writer has been finding my voice. And it's almost comical that I had gotten the same feedback from several editors who didn't know each other at different times in my life. But I keep getting this comment, Elizabeth, you just need to learn to find your voice. Um, you need to find your voice as a writer. And it's so frustrating, or I, I used to feel it was frustrating. Now I'm more entertained by it. And it's just something I'm curious about. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out and work on it. Um, but it just was really funny that, you know, the theme keeps cropping up in my life. And it's obviously a lesson that I need to learn. But, you know, the frustration comes in because it's like, okay, I'm writing, like, this is my voice. <laughs> how do I find it? If I mean, I don't even know how to go about doing that. And I think it does come back to trust. You know, when we're reading writers that we love, we kind of are in, we're influenced by their style and we start to try on writing in a way that's like them. And it's part of creative exploration. But then at some point we have to come back to that foundation. That's the way we speak uh, in our own words. And, you know, actually, um, not to turn it around on you, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how you found your voice as a writer. And then I guess I also have some thoughts on the idea that writing is, is a similar creative process to like when I'm creating a program for my clients. And I actually loved what you said of creating a healthy body. These are all different methods of creation that can follow a very similar process, um, which I find to be a really fascinating idea. Um, mm -hmm. But is that okay if I ask you your thoughts on voice? Because I'm just very curious. Totally. I'd love to jump in. And then I, yes, and then I'd love us to explore, yes, what is that similarity? Because you're right, there's a similar process of learning to trust ourselves in any creative process, whether it's writing or creating a program, and again, even creating our lives to be what we want them to be. So I think the I think that's fascinating, finding our voice, and you're so spot on. It's fascinating. I too, of course, 
uh, faced that challenge as a, a new writer, as a new author, and very much did what you said. I would read books I was inspired by and found myself wanting to explore what that was like. And I actually had to very consciously, when I was in the thralls of the writing process. So I did a lot of, you know, blogging and writing and prepping, prepping for you know a year or two before the book actually came into creation. And I did a lot of reading throughout that time. But then when I started the book and really got, you know, it's time to sit down and write, I, I made sure I didn't read other writers' works because I did not want to be overly influenced. So that was just a little trick or uh, advice that I got from somebody or something. And I found it to be very useful because I do think it's sometimes easy to lose ourselves, right? And then find ourselves just adopting somebody else's approach, voice, insight, experience, etc. cetera. Uh, I can't say that's how I found my voice, but that was part of my process. And Interestingly, mm-hmm. even before that, I do remember I asked people, you know, it was so funny. I said, what do you think? What do you think um, my voice is? Well, what do you think I'm, who am I? La, la, la. It was really funny because kind of like you got this recurring theme from various people. People responded to me almost laughing, like, why are you asking me what your voice is, right? There was this really kind of funny response that people weren't quite sure, like, why are you asking me? And there were a few people who did respond. Um I mean, I asked people who were close to me in my life. And and so I, I did take their responses. I found that there was some themes. And I think, interestingly, the reason I asked was because I didn't trust myself, right? So we can go back, back right back to mm. trust right here, is I still thought, you know, I know you said this in something you sent me, you said, as a recovering perfectionist, how do we find our voice when we're always looking to others to tell us who we are, right? And mm. that was exactly mm. what I did in that moment. I had I had a year's worth of writing like under my belt and yet I still didn't trust myself so I had to ask others who do you think I am <laughs> luckily I have very loving people in my life who offered and also showed me how I was doing you know the very thing I needed to unlearn and I suppose it was the way I found my voice was by learning to trust who I truly am and of course my journey of that was learning that who I am is enough. And everyone's is going to be a little different. But to your point, whatever that thing is where we don't trust ourselves, maybe because it's the thing that we got made fun of, maybe it's the thing that we felt was you know out of place. If we can learn to love that and then trust that is maybe part of who we are or part of, I mean, part of what we need to share or part of what we need to evolve forward, I do believe that is where our voice comes from. So I don't know if I really answered your question. I think I kind of danced around it, but I do believe it went back to trusting myself. And I think until we can do that, we won't, we won't find our voice because the fact is it's not about finding it. It's just about leaning in and trusting that because to be fair, I'm sure you already, you have a voice. You don't have to go out and create it. You don't have to go out and make it up. It's just about removing any layers of lack of trust that keep us from that. Mm-hmm. And and you know what else I'm thinking about as as I listen, um, the idea we talked before about the idea of changing your mind, right? And that it's okay to change your mind and, and it's part of life. But uh, due to some experiences that I had growing up, a, a really core value for me has been being consistent and reliable and predictable. And so I think 
um, when I started to have an online business, you're asked to put yourself out there and let people get to know you um, on social media. And I've been doing that, but parts of it haven't been easy for me. There have been things that I've been afraid to share because, well, maybe I'll change my mind later. And I've really had to accept that that's okay. And, you know, uh, it doesn't mean people are never going to trust me. It's just part of being human. But for me, that's been a really big part of learning to trust myself is accepting that it's okay to change your mind and being okay sharing things if they're not 100% final forever, but just more um, moment to moment my process. And it still feels scary as I talk about it now, but that's been a really important piece for me. And this is a huge piece. And it's so amazing because this has come up so much, even in my own life lately, about trust and commitment and changing one's mind. And even just the other day, I was having a conversation with someone about how often many people don't create something, whether it's a book, it's a program, it's an offering, it's whatever, because of that fear that you are addressing right now and you are acknowledging that what if I change my mind? What if I, you know, think differently a year from now, six months from now, six years from now? And let's be honest, I would hope that we are, if we are evolving as we are intended to, we will think differently. We will see things differently six months, a year, six years down the line. And I think often because of that fear, again, lack of trust, will I be trustworthy if I say something today and in six months change my mind or want to change my approach or change an offering or say something differently that keeps us mm -hmm. from putting it out there. And I know many, I know with authors, once you've written the book, it's there, right? It's out there. Mm -hmm. And can you trust that that is, and I loved what you just said. It's about being, is about sharing the process. Right? It's about being in the moment and saying, this is my process today, or this is my process last year. And I want to share it with you now, because here's the truth and reality is that there's guarantee somebody else who is also experiencing that process and truth in this moment, whether or not you still believe it to be true. Right. So I do think um, that's so powerful. And I also wanted to say, I think it's cool that our voice can change. Right. And I, I'm mm -hmm. sure, I mean, have you experienced that even already? So, cause tell me more about why this is coming up. It sounds like I have you either faced this already in your business. Are you facing this? Is this something that has been coming up for you for a reason? Do you care to share a little more about that? It's really interesting. I've been thinking a lot about goals in my business and um, setting bigger goals for myself and my business as an instrument to making a bigger impact and not playing small anymore. And one thing that's really been frightening is the idea of sharing a goal when I'm not sure if I'll be able to hit it, <laughs> when it's something that's really going to stretch me. And um, the idea of failing publicly and making what could be seen as a mistake or, you know, um, having to kind of walk that back and say, I was really going for this and I didn't make it. And to have to, like, say it was, I mean, an, an example from the writing world would be, I'm going to write this book and have it done in a year, or I'm going to write a book about X. And then the subject turns out to be Y later on. Um, but I think there are a lot of different ways that this could manifest, but you use the word commitment. So publicly committing to something and then 
having to say, well, guess what? I didn't do what I said I was going to do. That to me, you know, a few years ago would have been like just the, the scariest thing in the world for me. And I would think it would feel like the world was ending if I had to do that. And <laughs> so I'm really exploring being okay with that. Right. Working on it. <laughs> Because that is so, that is such a big piece. And um, I could definitely share some stories. I'm going to hold off for now. But yeah, I get that. I totally relate. And I think anyone who has been a part of my journey in any way has probably seen me time and time again say, hey, guys, here's what I'm doing. And then it not sometimes not come into fruition the way I think it should. Because again, that's always what it comes back to, right? It's that it's not that we would we never fail it's just that it doesn't happen the way we want it to or think it should or think it will right and that's our own attachment and i'm i'm thinking as you were talking i'm going okay wait how does this come back to to think is to create because if we think something right so if we think about mm-hmm. something or we mm-hmm. we know how to think about something are we creating it and there's i i'm i'm thinking about again what um like what you do, I mean, either with clients or in your own business or even just in your own kind of personal development. And I also know you're such a key, um, you're, a, you, you're a believer in mindset, right? The, the power of mindset. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. so for me, that is part of this idea of once we know how to think, hence, you know, that aka our mindset, then we are able to ultimately create anything we desire and I'm just I want to get your thoughts on that right so either if you can look at your own life to see you know what have you created or what do you desire to create perhaps or what have you seen your clients create Um, and then how is that mindset playing a part in that how does a mind the, the those how you're thinking play a part in what you ultimately create or don't create yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I'm just thinking my my mind is kind of running wild with the, the directions I could go with it. So let me go back to this idea of relying on external validation versus knowing yourself and having it come from within. I think to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a little crazy. <laughs> you just have to have an insane amount of belief in yourself and what you have to offer. And you have to be willing to go for it and put yourself out there, even if everyone around you is saying this is never going to work. You know, there are, in life, there are always certain people whose feedback we hold, um, we place more value in than others, right? There's some people we just don't listen to, but then there's some people who really matter to us. But then, you know, sometimes even they don't fully believe in the vision that we have. So you know, when, when push comes to shove, our own belief has to be so airtight and strong. And that's really what I have been working on. Um, because, you know, it is scary to put yourself out there as a coach and say, I can help you. But I believe so strongly in the process that I've gone through to really make peace with food, um, as you mentioned in the intro. And I, I see it so often. I mean, I see it practically every day as I'm talking with people on potential clients, primarily women, it happens sometimes with men too, but people are just stuck in this war with food where they feel like they have to constantly be telling themselves no. And 
um, it's just like a fight with themselves, with their bodies, um, with their desires, and it just doesn't have to be that way. So this is, you know, what, one of the messages I really believe that I was meant to share with the world, and I'm so passionate about getting it out there. Um, and, and that's why But there are days when I'm hearing no a lot, and I just have to come back to that passion and reconnect with it um, in order to be able to create something. And to, to have the energy um, to create something rather than say, you know, basically rather than believing this feedback that I'm getting where I'm hearing no, no, no. And it would be very easy to think, well, what I have to offer doesn't have any value. Nobody needs it. Nobody wants it. I should just give up. So <laughs> that's something that, you know, I was kind of stuck in that I should just give up and then, you know, get a little positive feedback, have the energy to keep going. But it was just like a roller coaster. And that's what I've really been working on um, to be more consistent with my own beliefs. So I see it as like a candle flame, right? And there's um, a breeze that comes along and it almost goes out, but then it doesn't. But um, I'm working on keeping that flame strong and bright. And I really feel like anytime um anytime you're creating something like I remember it just was so similar um I've been a journalist um first at newspapers then at a university alumni magazine and when I was doing especially longer uh, more complex articles there comes this moment of just despair where I, I would just say I don't think I can do this um, but you had to keep the belief in order to keep going. And so I, there was a moment when I kind of connected these two that it really is a similar creative process, whether it's writing or whether it's creating offerings for my coaching clients. And belief is really, really essential if you're not going to give up. Yeah. And that the the belief in oneself, again, going way back to what you talked about at the very beginning, rooted in trust. Because, some, and again, sometimes we have to fake it till we make it. Sometimes we have to believe it before we see it. I think that's often true. And that's where the trust, the faith comes. When we can believe something without the evidence, without seeing it, then we see it. And that is when we create it. That is when it comes into manifestation. We don't get to determine the time frame. That's the thing that makes it so crazy at times, right? That's where the insanity comes from. I love your definition of an entrepreneur or, or any kind of creator who is out there saying, I need to believe in this more than anybody else. Because to your point, that that belief, that mindset that is willing to think it and truly believe it before we can see it, that is how we create it. That is ultimately how it happens. And I hear that in you, that you've seen this play out in various ways right in your life and, and in various creative processes and it doesn't mean it's easy it doesn't mean that we just go oh, okay I'm just gonna you know to think is to create as you said earlier that's oversimplification of course but what's profound to me about most truths and most wisdom is that they are simple they just aren't always easy and so once once we can grasp it and go okay I'm willing to say I'm going to believe it before I see it. I'm going to think it before I create it, right? Like if we can, if we're willing to go there and embrace that and then do any of the work we need to do to actually have that happen, then, you know, we're really onto something. And that's, I hear that's, that's part of what you're here and what you're doing is you are, 
you're doing that work to keep that flame like lit. And I love that because you're right. Those are, that's why um, what you currently are thinking and believing in is becoming made manifest in the world as we speak. So is there anything else around the creative process and, you know, what that looks like to you, what you've either, you know, um, experienced for yourself around what it means to create, um, where there have been, if there any other, you know, roadblocks or just insights you've had about the process you want to share with us? Is there anything else that you'd like to say on that topic? Well, you know, what's really interesting, I was um, just thinking as I was listening to you that in addition, so in addition to coaching my own clients, I am a mentor for other wellness coaches and um, teach them the ropes of starting their businesses. And what I see early on when people join and start their own businesses, and this is a a mistake that I um, had made too early on. And I think just Um, A lot of people have a wrong impression of what coaching is. They think that coaching is being told what to do. There's a a small element of that sometimes, but really uh, the value in coaching is in asking questions, asking the right questions at the right time and guiding clients toward their own insight. I can think of one client in particular where, and it's not just one, um, this is a pattern, but when I suggest things, sometimes even um, kind of softly, (laughs) delicately, people are very resistant. People don't want to be told what to do. And I think that's just a natural impulse. But over time, she came to realize these same things um, for herself, which of course is what I want. I don't care if she doesn't recognize that that's what I told her. Um, My goal is just for her to have those realizations, but it works better when clients feel they've arrived at it on their own. So it's really just a matter of guiding them in that direction. And it's actually, um, I I just think there's an analogy here to what we were talking about with the creative process of being told what to do and like looking to outside, um, you know, influence versus finding the way for yourself. And, And that's really, you know, coaches are skilled guides. And so I've been thinking about this because I've shared with you before that I would like to write a book and I have a few ideas, but it's a combination of things that's kept me from writing any of them so far. (laughs) And, you know, we point at being busy, but I'm sure there's some fear there also. But I have been thinking a lot about what would be the process that would be required for me to actually make this happen. And I think, you know, in a sense, I would need to coach myself through it. And so I've just been thinking a bit on what that would look like. I just think it's so interesting how all of these processes really follow a similar trajectory, right? Whether it's getting over emotional eating or writing a novel, um, there's always a process of, of learning to trust yourself and it's so similar. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that for me, the, the the beauty in this world is to start to see how just everything is so connected and intertwined. And as we do start to see that to your point, you know, you're now able, you will now be more able to say, okay, here's what I learned on my journey of binge eating and and all these other things that I've overcome and that I have created. And 
I can now apply that right to, and, and even you coaching others. And now how can I apply that even to my own life and, and to writing a novel or writing a book or whatever it may be. So Elizabeth, this has been so wonderful. And I know we could go on and on on so many of these topics. And yet I always love to reserve a little time at the end to uh, ask you a few specific questions that I love to ask each of my guests really to just, to, you know, tune into a little bit more about what inspires you. Because I, again, this whole show is about being inspired. And to me, that is, that looks so many different ways. And I love the various answers and responses that I get. So the first question I ask is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? I think what I want to say is I get inspiration from so many different coaches and authors. And I'm thinking back a little bit to the idea of picking up someone else's voice and being influenced by them. And, and lately I've been playing with that actually. Um, and I think it's okay to be influenced to some degree um, by the, the people that we spend time with. And that's part of the reason we choose who we want to spend our time with. Um, and I've really been, you know, there are certain authors um, like Janine Roth and Elizabeth Gilbert and Brené Brown, um, whose books, you know, are on my shelf and I open them up frequently um, just to see like how she wrote something and how she said something and how she approached a certain topic. But I do feel like I'm finding my own confidence now that I can kind of pick and choose and I don't have to, like, I'm not afraid anymore that I'll end up, you know, inadvertently almost plagiarizing them. And I think that's a really interesting line to walk as a creative professional that um, you can allow yourself to be influenced um, and still trust that your own ideas will come true. Of course, absolutely. And brilliant because, yeah, again, it is the the balance of you're right. We we are we find the people we gravitate toward because there is a there's a resonance there. There's something similar. And then of course, the beauty of inspiration is that it, it's not just reserved for one person. So often we can be inspired in similar ways to similar people, right? So um, to trust that that is still your true authentic self and voice. So I love that. And that actually kind of actually segues very nicely into my next question. And so maybe you can offer a little more specificity here because my next question is, what is a, a book that you have read that has served as a source of inspiration for you? And I know there are probably many, as you just said. So <laughs> if there's one that stands out or a couple that have really just either been current or kind of those, you know, sometimes we just have those like, oh my gosh, it's this book. What would that be for you? I will say that I just read constantly. I mean, it's a daily thing for me. Um, and the written word has been the way that I understand the world and relate to the world ever since I was a little girl. So there are a lot of candidates here. And I'm actually going to look at my bookshelf because I have a special shelf <laughs> for my most influential books. Um, some of them are, are the ones that I just mentioned, um, like the authors I mentioned in the previous question. One that I read recently that really actually resonates with a lot of the themes that we've discussed is This Messy Magnificent Life by Janine Roth. Um, and she's the author of When Food is Love, which is an older book. I think it was her first book. Um, so that's a book all about emotional eating and finding food freedom. And as she has evolved as an author and as a person, 
she's written on different topics, but this this last book is really just more general and more about mindset. And it's a very interesting evolution considering everything we've talked about um, in the last hour or so that, you know, it's, it's her, her trajectory has been so similar to mine. It's been really fun to follow along. So that's the most recent one I read that just really blew my mind and helped me think about the world and life in new ways. It's called This Messy, Magnificent Life, A Field Guide by Janine Roth. I haven't heard of that one yet, so I love hearing about new books on this show. And I love how I got chills as you were saying that again, just what a beautiful mirror to what we were talking about parallel and and just this idea that we have the right. I mean, she, she is one of so many out there who proves and gives us permission that it's okay to change and evolve and grow and and take your your readers or your followers or your tribe along with you, right? I think that's just such a powerful reminder to all of us and especially to what we just spoke about tonight. So fantastic. Absolutely. My, my, and you know what's really yeah. interesting? Sorry, just one more quick thing on that. Like her pre, her book right before this one was about the experience of losing her um life savings and um, it was a lot about money mindset and the faith that you'll always be okay and I remember I bought the book because well I'll read anything she writes but I as I was reading it I was kind of thinking I don't want to read this Um, and I ended up learning so much from that book Um, so it's just very interesting Uh, like you said that people take us on the journey with them and it turned out to be something that I really needed to work on mindset around money and similarly with um, the most recent book which is all about um, acceptance and finding happiness in the moment no matter what's going on in your life you know it's kind of reading it thinking I don't know if I really need this and it turned out to be what I needed more than anything Exactly. So that's, again, a reminder to any of us who are out there and, and debating on whether or not we, we ought to create that thing that we, we are here to create or, you know, think into being, if you will, and getting out of our own way, trusting it and trusting the process, because, again, you are a testament to how impactful that has been on you specific, you know, individually. And of course, I mean, I think we all have those stories. So such a powerful reminder. And then my third question is what place or activity inspires you right now? Well, another theme in my life is that I love to travel and, you know, whether it's trips within the United States, trips overseas, I just try to travel as often as I can. And I find that the change of scene is just always inspiring. I I love a new place and how there are new routines. You know, it's like things as simple as, you know, like where the kitchen is located and where you go to get water and reestablishing those routines. I find it really fun. And um, I find that it rewires my brain and makes me feel so much more creative. So I really come to see travel as key to my creative process and, you know, discovering new places and noticing um, the differences um, between each place. What a fantastic answer. That is awesome. And I haven't gotten that one yet and I just love the and not just the traveling I mean that alone can be inspirational but the fact that again you said it, it's it's um you know learning where the kitchen is and the new routine and how that can getting us out of our our routine out of our comfort zone out of what we're so familiar with can be and can serve as an inspiration so and something I've also found is I think uh, you know when I my first trip 
outside the United States was actually to Russia. Um, <laughs> I studied abroad there during college, and I really was addicted from that point on. But it's because I feel like travel helps me to see and experience who I am and what the constants are. And I think that ties it back to our entire theme of this conversation that in a different setting, I can see a lot more clearly um, who I am as a person at at the core. Chills. Amen. And so it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. Because again, you said it's the constancy. It show, And I agree wholeheartedly. Travel, while it shows us what is different and unique, it also shows us what is the same and what is constant and I think you're right that Mm -hmm. is in that that we can truly discover who we are because who we truly are is also constant and unchanging at the core even though we all are different and unique so um, there's something very powerful there Elizabeth this has been a wonderful conversation from everything to talk about creation and the creative process and trust trusting ourselves because that is rooted in knowing who we truly are so as we know who we truly are we develop that trust and then as we develop that trust we can believe in ourselves and as we believe in ourselves we start to see that which we believe in and we start to create the life the experience the environment the book the project the program right whatever it is the the healthy body that we so so deeply desire and of course there is so much more about this, but this was such a beautiful uh, peek into this into this concept, into this topic. So thank you for being a part of this journey with me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Great. And then for all of those who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in and going on this journey with us. It is always so remarkable to see where it goes. And as I said at the beginning, I trust, I know that there was something in this for each and every one of you who, who, who listened, who was here. That's, that's how this works. And, and I, I encourage and I inspire you to recognize that to think is to create. And that what does that mean for you? Because it may mean something different to you than it does to Elizabeth or to me or to anyone else. So perhaps you can meditate on that. Think about that as you go about your day. And of course, if you heard anything tonight that you loved and um, that Elizabeth shared, go out and find her online. I will put some links in the show notes where you can quickly in, um, connect with her and find her and learn more about her. And as always, until next time, many blessings.